Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to Cam McLean from Phuket Nature Elephant Reserve. New Zealander Cam arrived in Phuket five years ago with plans to set up a team building business. And of course, opened an elephant nature reserve instead. From car accidents in Japan to mountain biking in Taiwan, Cam's journey to Phuket is awesome. And the Phuket Nature Elephant Reserve was a truly amazing place to record a podcast. We like Cam, he's super cool, and he's got elephants. Mmm, elephants. Nice. How many people do you know that own elephants? Yeah, see? Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, mate. Hello, Russell. How are you? Mate, I am. I don't could care not. about you. We're not here for you. Oh, okay. Um, we're here for Cam. Hi, Hi Cam. Cam. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. Don't ask about Russell. Um, let's get this. Can you get ready for the joke? It's not a joke. It's a serious... Okay. Cam McLean? Correct. There you go. As in John. As in John. That's yes, what, thank you. Yeah. That was the whole joke that you was going to bring up. Um, <laughs> Cam, when did you get to Phuket? Uh, 2016. Okay. And what was the reason that brought you here? I was in uh, Taiwan at the time, and um, one of the businesses I had over there, or the, <laughs> the only business I had over there, was a adventure, customized adventure team building business. So I came to Thailand, been coming many, many times, but decided to come permanently and base myself here and uh, set up, expand the team building business into, into Thailand. How long were you in Taiwan for? 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. you're originally from New Zealand. So what was a New Zealand guy doing in Taiwan setting up a team building business? Uh, so I left a long time ago from New Zealand when I was 19. Um, and uh, do you want the whole story? Yeah. Well, is, is it good or is it rubbish? If <laughs> yeah, it's rubbish, it's then yeah. let them on it. If it's good, then so yes. I was, Everything's I was editable. In, um, <laughs> I was in New Zealand back in the day. The government would give you a lump sum grant. So the... So you're 18 years old and the government gives you eight grand or whatever it was to go and study. And of course, the last thing you do is go and study. You go and buy yourself a snowboard and a car and a stereo and get drunk for a week and, and do but whatever. But you learned life experiences from that, which I would argue is studying. No, I basically spent the whole money in about six months and then uh, wasn't <laughs> so doing were... so well at good. And two mates came up to me and said, we're going to, going to England, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, right on. And their relatives were the New Zealand ambassador in Thailand. So they came here and I had a sister in Japan and I went to Japan. It was back when, well, I think they still do it, the working holiday visa for yeah, okay, people yeah. under 25 or whatever it is. Um, so I ended up in Japan thinking I'd go there for a couple of weeks and, uh, and join up with my mates in London. Um, ended up um, crashing a car into a rice field, going for a surf <laughs> one morning. That wasn't in England, was it? That That's was not in England. That <laughs> no. was in uh, Kanazawa in remote um, north, northern, northwest, west north or whatever, uh, Japan. And um, yeah, and that cost me something like three grand for the gomi fee to get rid of the car. So you've got to pay to get rid of the car there. Whereas 
back home, you just run away and <laughs> you know, no one wouldn't even know, right? So, uh, so I didn't have the money at the time, so my sister bailed me out, and so I ended up staying in Japan for a couple of years, absolutely loving it. Um, you were out of prison at the time? I was you? out of prison. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so absolutely, you know, fell in love with the Asian culture and um, climate and the people and all that and the food. So I spent two years in Japan and then went to Hong Kong just for the handover, which was 97 when it was still English and still lots of fun. Um, in terms of, sorry, prior to your hopping off to Japan, had mm. you traveled at all before that? A uh, couple of rugby tours, you know, sports tours to Aussie, uh, to Australia, um, but not majorly, no. So no then? No. I mean, we don't, count, we don't, we don't I mean, count Australia as... The same country. As any, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. And then sorry, from Japan went to Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, so handover. went to Hong Kong, which was a lot of fun when they were building the airport there, which was a massive yeah. bit of construction going on back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and worked uh, doing waterproofing down these tunnels, two kilometer down this tunnel with all these hard northern lads um, and big gangs of Nepalese and Sri Lankan laborers or whatever. But um, it was kind of good. It taught you hard graph. You know, inside a, um, a shitty old tunnel, yeah. wearing, your, wearing your Wellingtons folded down so you can walk in the things in a pair of footy shorts or whatever and, and, and 12 hours a day in this tunnel, right? So I did that for about nine or 10 months. Um, and it was about then I was thinking I'd pr probably go back to uni and finish that off, or I might never do it. And then I went to Sydney um, and worked uh, hard for a year, still in construction. And then I was about 23 by then and went back to New Zealand and jumped into In the terms of the, these jobs that you hot from Japan mm. to Hong Kong back to Sydney, mm. were you doing, was it something that you had a, a, a either an interest or some sort of background in it? It was just, it was a laboring job. Yeah, it's got, it's paying. I'll go there. Fuck it. Why not? It was basically well-paying laborer. Yeah, I was a big enough lad and, and um, easy work for a big yeah. lad or whatever. Um, and so I was building houses in Japan for a year in Kanazawa with this uh, American Scottish guy. Um, and then I worked in a bar for a year in, in uh, Osaka, which was awesome. <laughs> a New Zealander working in the bar? Yeah. Just can't that doesn't sound right. No. Working in the bar. Yes, not working in the bar. So then you went back to, and so you went, sorry, you went to Sydney and then you went back to, to uni? So I'd been doing all this construction work during my travels mm. in Japan, um, Hong Kong and Sydney. So I'm like, I might as well specialise in it and get really good at it. And, um, move up the ladder. So I did a, a Bachelor of Construction Management and I was pretty focused at the time and I squashed the four years into three years and basically flew out the day after my last exam again. Huh. Um, I was that keen to get traveling again, you know, as, as a lot of young people are. You were that keen to get out of Sydney. It's okay, you can say that. You're in a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Auckland, actually. I was, oh, okay. I'm, I'm from Christchurch originally in New Zealand, which is the South Island. Yep. Um, but I went back, my father was in New Zealand, so I, uh, in Auckland, so I ended up... Um, Staying with them for a first year of uni or whatever. But you did the, the construction stuff just because you'd done labouring jobs. Did you, what was your plan just to, to travel again or to actually get a job in construction? Yeah, construction's one of those ones where you can easily travel with it. There's construction all over the world. Mm. Um, and if you've got some project management skills or at that level, it's, it's pretty easy to travel around and enjoy that lifestyle. So that was the whole idea of it. Because um, so far, this is so, so yeah, yeah, far yeah. away from, from where we now. are sat right Totally now. different, yeah. yeah. So, so I got Dean's scholarship in New Zealand and I was all, um, all over it and studying hard and doing really well. And then I went to Melbourne and got on with Multiplex, which is a big 
Um, they did Wembley, right? Which you guys might know. Um, did they do Wembley, Russell? They did Wembley. They did Wembley. Wembley. Almost screwed it up, but they did do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was doing three, did about three years in Melbourne with a big construction company, Multiplex, doing these high-rise apartments um, all over the place. But still the itch to get into Asia. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I was kind of rapidly falling out of love with the whole construction thing, the big hours, big union presence in, in Melbourne, as you've seen mm. on the news at the moment. Big bricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I basically lasted about another three, three and a half years in Melbourne, and I kind of half threw it in. I went off um, backpacking for, for six months, thinking I'd go back and, and never went back. Um, and then I was in Bangkok, of all places, and ran into an old friend from Japan who happened to be in Taiwan. Okay. And uh, he, he said, I've got a great idea. He's got a great idea. He said, I'm going back to England for a wedding. You can live in my place and substitute some English teaching and come on over. And I was like, sounds great. Um, found that refreshing without the stress and responsibility, just teaching these, playing games with kids or whatever, and, um, and that. And, but yeah, I got bored of that after about a day. To be yes, fair. Just, like, <laughs> just about half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always into the outdoors, which I loved a lot from New Zealand. You yeah, know, sure. um, a lot of outdoors in New Zealand and the Maldi sports scene and kayaking and trail running and mountain biking and that. Um, so I started, I knew nothing about Taiwan when I went there and I started exploring around the island and um, realized it was a stunning, you know, this, this kind of hidden gem, gem within yeah. Asia that not me, too many people know about. I right? so. wouldn't have no idea about Taiwan apart from China want it. Well, I wouldn't even, yeah, I guess they do. Can they have it or not? Am I it's like a whole when I went there, you problem? know, they make a lot of uh, cheap electronics, no, big computer scenes, and they got a bit of, bit of drama with China going on. And that's about as much as yeah. I knew when I went there as well. As an island, I mean, I don't even know if it, uh, I have no idea. Is it tropical? Is it not tropical? Is it forest? It's well it tropical, it? yeah. Yeah, very tropical. And they get smashed by typhoons every year. Yeah. Um, so in winter in Taipei, it'll get down to, say, Degrees? Seven degrees at the worst, but it'll hover around 12, 15 or somewhere around this. And typically kind of dullish, um, drizzly weather in the winter. And then summers are like here, yeah, get up to 40 degrees and, and, yeah. and scorching hot. Mm. There you go. We learned something today. Yeah. There you go. Every day's a school day. Every so day. Taiwan's a fantastic place. Ex fa absolutely fantastic people. Very similar to the Thais, for the, you know, very, very um, heartwarming people and, and very welcoming and... Um, and that's and very good food and good climate and, and uh, easy to travel around. So, um, so you thought, I'll stay, I like it. Yeah, so I started traveling around Taiwan and um, quickly, re you know, you can literally drive from one end of Taiwan to the other in, say, seven hours these days. Um, and then the whole Western Belt, you've got your big industrial, um, all, your, all your industry going on down the west and, and the pollution and whatnot. And then once you get up in the hills and on the east coast, it's, it's absolutely stunning. And places like, um, you know, Taroko Gorge and up in the, in the central mountains, just absolutely stunning. So um, I started doing some mountain biking there. And uh, some guy sent me this clip of this trail called the Stone Deer Trail, which was this kind of this legendary trail through the hills, through the mountains. Um, and I sent it to some buddies in Hong Kong. And uh, they, they expressed some real keen interest to come and, come and do some mountain biking for the weekend. Um, and I just basically started like this. I was, I was still teaching English. I'd go and rent a car on the weekend, drive, drive to wherever I'm doing this trip, find a hotel, find some restaurants and put this trip together. 
So um, just guiding the mountain bike tour. And just guiding, guiding mountain wow. biking tours okay. for expats out of Hong Kong because it's an hour away and they yeah. can fly in Friday night, have some fun and, and be back at the desk on, on Monday, right? So, um, so started doing these mountain biking tours throughout Taiwan, which was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, they get, they get hit really hard with the typhoons. Yeah. So every year you've got to go back out and see what's... Check the trails. Check the trails and all this kind of stuff. So that got tiresome after a couple of years. Um, and then started doing some stag events, you know, some, some adventure stag parties for these yeah. guys who want to do ATV bikes or whitewater rafting or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and started putting this together and then that kind of led into road cycling. Um, so then I started doing a, a lot of road cycling trips for, for groups of triathlon groups or groups of buddies or um, client trips, you know, for guys from Hong Kong or Singapore or, or wherever. Um, is that your predominant market, Hong Kong, Singapore? Hong Kong, because, yeah. Cause yeah, one, one they've got the expendable wealth there, you know, yep. with the expat market, and two, it's a really easy flight. Yeah. Um, and, and Taiwan's a good, good experience mm. for the most part, and if, if the weather's, you know, on form. Um, and then that led, and then <clears throat> I was doing a lot of cycling at the time, and then one of the guys we cycled with was the GM of the Grand Hyatt in Taipei. Um, and he come up to me out of the blue, I said, Cam, I got this client. Can, can you do a team building event? And I was like, yeah, sure. And at that time, I'd been doing these um, programs for the Hong Kong International School that used to come over for one week on their peak week. And I was looking after that. So I just basically replicated this amazing race around yeah. Taipei 101 and the, um, the Trade Center there and, and Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall and some other really key highlights. Um, and then quickly learned that, you know, getting a group of a hundred corporates for half a day was a lot easier than taking six guys mountain biking up a weekend for, yeah. for three or four days you know what i mean so um so just kind of fell into it by chance yeah. i guess or just let the force of life or nature or whatever just guide you along oh right? so yeah let's get deep force of nature <laughs> oh i like it well we'll get to forces of nature shortly oh hey um so how long were you doing the team building so i was doing the so i was in taiwan for 13 years so um, yeah. You've aged well, can I say? I have aged well, thank you. You really have. Yeah. <laughs> that was a. I was being polite then, not it's like you. Not, yeah. Not, well, it took me by surprise. That was all. <laughs> but you, sorry, Russ, you did team building stuff, didn't you? I thought you'd say I have aged well as well. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, you really haven't. No, I really haven't. No. But you did team building yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've taught team building yeah. stuff. This is like a team building this is a meeting. Team building there meeting. There we go. Yeah. Well, great. Let's Sign not talk about team building. Let's just sidestep that completely. Yeah, I tried to forget those days. Yeah. Did you enjoy so, it, though? Because, I, I mean, I, I did most of mine was more with the kids. So I did a lot of team building with kids to take with school groups. would right. come on holiday for a week, and then I would take them to do multi-activities and then team building as well. Yeah, kid, kids were fun, but um, the, the, the corporate scene, you know, your financial or insurance, um, that, that kind of professional scene when they're doing their annual trip, sales meeting or, or, or whatever you know and typically you know they'll they'll come to bangkok this year next year they'll go to tokyo and and Ta then next year taipei yeah. and this kind of setup um so they'll typically sit in a hotel you know three days two nights and they'll have like three hours of freedom and and cam can we what can you suggest to um yeah for 70 people or, or did you whatever. have a team of people or you just yeah so i had an office there in taipei with two two full-time staff um, and then we'd have a lot of freelance staff that you'd pull in, depending on the Yeah, that used to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. Game, wasn't it? yeah. I used yeah. to get phoned up to come in for the weekend because they needed an extra hand. Yeah. Were you doing uh, adults, Russ? Yeah, so mo most of our stuff, it was all here in Phuket, most mm. of our stuff was corporate gigs. Um, but yeah, we had, same in the game, we had three in the office, 
Yeah, two full-time in the office and one sort of part-timer. Yeah. But yeah, once you've got, I mean, the biggest event we did was like 300 something, 300 something people at mm. the, the Hilton. Um, Why are you looking at me? Was I there? Where's the Hilton? Hilton's I was Karen, actually just trying, yeah, and Karen, that was it. I was just trying to think if you didn't help out on one of these events at some point, if I, or if I, can I, was I out of the team building game when, when we met? I'm just trying to think about that. But anyway, we'll come back to that. But no, it I'm was sorry. Did I? I think we. D- I did. You might have asked me to come and help, yeah. but then you didn't, you didn't pay me enough or something. Yeah. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I'm sure we did do something together. Yeah, on the team I'm sure building. we did. Because I, I, we did quite a number of them. So, um, and yeah, once you get sort of, you know, once you get to be around ten people, you think right, I need other people to come in and yeah. right, just take that group and go and play that game, and you go and do that one. But no, so, how good. long were you doing that for? Yeah, Russ. Uh, Tell us about wait, it. This is about you, not me. No, it's um, about you I now. Think about how long have I been here? Fifteen years. Closer to sixteen. All right. Two thousand. <laughs> about five years. Son, I haven't seen you for a week. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. About five years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. About five years here. Yeah. Nice. A similar sort of thing. Kind of fell into it. Yeah. Um, if you go back to what was my podcast? Barkcast. It's no, called. no, no, no. My when when, you, when did oh. you interview me for this podcast? Oh, I don't know. Episode Russell. three? I, no, it wasn't episode. Episode three was the Colonel. Right. Well, Cam, go back to like episode the f- within the first ten. We interviewed each other. Right. So find my one. You'll learn all about. Well, there you me. go. Anyway, back to you. I wouldn't bother, Cam. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> neither would I. What? So thirteen years in Taiwan. It just got to a point where you just said, "Yeah, I've had enough." Well, it was always a case of um, you'd get clients coming into Taiwan, and you could, you know, after a couple of times, they're like, "Taiwan's awesome," but where else? Where else can yeah. you can you um, put some programs together? And Thailand was always easy. You know, it's it's, it's cheap oh, enough, yeah. transport's easy, good food, climate, all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, so I was always so I was always coming into Thailand and doing um, just one-off events wherever in Chiang Mai or, or wherever I was in Kanchanaburi or, or something like this. So, so yeah, after about 13 years in Taiwan, I was just starting to get a bit bored with it all and uh, needed a you know, freshen up, a change of scenery, a bit, you know, a new goal. Um, and it just seems like the right step to, to come to Thailand and, and um, expand the business over here and so leave the, the office here. So the idea was to do the more team building Correct. Yeah. in Correct. Thailand. Did you, sorry, did you say you wanted to keep the office in Taiwan or just... Okay. Yeah, I still had it. COVID, COVID um, killed it, but yeah. um, it was there. That was the okay. whole intention. Yeah. And when, when did you make that move? Uh, 2016. With, sorry, with the view to which run team, running team. Yeah, so I was up in Chiang Mai putting this, um, w- one of these really good clients I had was um, Aon Insurance. And instead of doing your standard team building, sitting in a room playing mm-hmm. games or whatever, um, they'd do a serious adventure challenge where they all had to, and they'd invite the carriers um, and they'd have to get, you know, fundraise a lot and do some um, serious fitness over about six months prior to whatever event I was doing. So at the time I was putting one up in, um, in Chiang Mai in the Maytang Valley, which is about an hour north of, um, of Chiang Mai there. And I happened to um, meet a lovely Thai girl who happened to be a uh, tour guide at an elephant park up in Chiang Mai. And I started hanging out with her for a bit. I can see where this is going. And you can see where this is going. <laughs> Sex. Is that what were you thinking? <laughs> so then I was kind of thinking, you know, uh, all right, so we're going to do this move to Thailand. You know, if I was smart, I'd probably live in Bangkok. But I'm like, I can't live in Bangkok. I just do my head in. And then I was like, all right, Chiang Mai, Phuket. And Phuket just won because the bigger one, you got the beaches here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, you know, a, a wealthier island, a wealth, wealthier economy. Um, and it's just got a lot more opportunities yeah. and, and better air. 
was another yeah. big factor as well because Taipei was starting to get a bit smoggy in, on, the, on the odd day. So that was one of the really um, key things that appealed to me down here, the beaches and the clean air, the lifestyle mm -hmm. side of it. As he's puffing on a fag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> puffing on a fag. <laughs> the clean air. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought you'd do team building in Phuket. Correct. How did that pan out? It was, uh, so came here and a lot more competitive Whereas in Taipei, I was doing pretty well because there weren't too many um, foreigners who were yeah. the, you know, the front, the front end mm. of these team building um, events. Sorry, are there other, I don't know of any other, uh, there used to be the Quest, mm -hmm. which was a team building stroke yep. place, wasn't yeah. it? Yep. That's now gone, isn't I, it? I assume it has, yeah. That was There's years a few of them ago. around. Is there really? Yeah. There's a few of them around, yeah. Maybe COVID's cleaned a few of them up. But, um, but I mean, I know a couple of the smaller operators, yeah. one of them's just come back. Um, so, I mean, this is, again, I've been out of it for a long, long time, but even, yeah, 10, 12 years ago, there was a handful of people dotted yeah. around doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so at the time I came to um, Phuket, I think there were about three or five, maximum five elephants, so-called elephant sanctuaries or elephant parks hold on the, the island. Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold the phone. Hold, hold, hold on. <laughs> hold the phone. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. So... You'd met, so the, the team building thing, you wanted to have a team building at an elephant place? No, the, the elephants came once I moved to Phuket. Right, okay. Right, so okay. so okay. I made the choice to, to come to Phuket through team building. With the intentions of setting up this adventure team building business, which I'd been doing in Taiwan for a long time. And so how did that go sideways? Uh, it didn't really go sideways. I just the... I uh, beg to, to differ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking did, around, I mate. <laughs> I don't so see any ATVs at all, no. to be fair. Um, when I came down here, there was, I think, uh, like I say, three or five elephant parks or riding mm -hmm. parks or sentries or whatever they call themselves on the island. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this as a, um, a great timing, you know, back in 2016. It was all good and lots mm -hmm. of tourists and all that kind of stuff. So I helped set up another one down the road and worked with them doing the sales and marketing and helping design their programs and the Hold websites. Hold on, Cam, 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 Cam. I, I'm... You lost. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little. I'm a wee bit lost because I, you've gone from team building. You went up to Chiang Mai, did a little bit of team building up there, but you, then you met someone in an elephant sanctuary, and then you came down to Phuket, and then all of a sudden you're working at an elephant sanctuary. Yeah, well, I Have said. I summarised that. You've, you've covered it. I'm just kind of confused as to how. So I said to the girl I was seeing at the time, I said, "Give your boss a call." I said, "Phuket's." Um, prime time to set up uh, what you guys are doing. So in you, oh, okay, so okay. hold on, hold on. So, so you fell in, we, okay, so you yeah. fell in love with the, the elephants, which is, I'll be very, very careful, but you fell in love with the whole idea of elephants and elephant sanctuary and... and Absolutely. I mean, I've been doing the team building for a long time as well. And after you do anything for a long time, you get a bit stale at it and you need a new, you know, something new to do, a new, new challenge. So it's like relationships. Just going to say a bit like marriage. <laughs> like us all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might be about podcasts soon, Russell, yeah, if you yeah. keep talking about this. <laughs> so, okay. So then this is now I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, back, yeah, I'm back, back in the room. So then your lady that you met that you no longer don't anyway, forget Correct. about that one. She then, oh yeah, go down to Phuket, there's a few elephant places. And that's what really then drove you yeah, forward Yeah, well, her boss in. came down and had a look and I helped them set up this park and, and do, did the sales and, okay. the, and the foreign side mm -hmm. of that. Um, did that for about three and a half years and then um, decided I'd rather set up my own one. I was, yeah. I was, I was so when did that set up my own one 
So that was 2019. Moment. So that was quite recently. Yeah. Quite so recently. just before just the yeah. before COVID. Was that like sort of summertime? <laughs> it's been a time to better, summertime 2019? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is when I broke ground on my facility. It's like, about yeah, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's, 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 okay, so we're at, now I'm looking at your logo on your shirt and I'm looking at the, the sign up there. So what's the actual name? Is it Bang Chang? So this was the original name. And then Which was we, Phuket Nature Reserve. Phuket Nature Reserve. And then this is the restaurant we're sitting in. So I started this when they announced the sandbox back out in um, April it, yeah. or June or whatever it was, right? So I thought, well, get, try and get some traction and really um, excite the expat community, which is basically all we had mm -hmm. at, and basically all we still have. Just, you know. but, okay, just, let's go back a, a stage though. 2019, mm. you had this idea mm. of put COVID out the window. COVID mm. never happened. What was your vision or idea for this place what is it Make, making a really cool elephant sanctuary uh in phuket um where um elephants are treated um as ethically as possible mm -hmm. um such as you know oversized shelters so you remove the need for chaining them at night mm -hmm. um all these things but instead of um you know, rather than just standing there for half a day looking at an elephant, getting involved mm -hmm. and getting um, more interaction with the elephant in terms of more activities and helping look after them, make it more exciting and, and interesting. Okay. Um, which kind of interests me as I was thinking as a customer, what would I want to experience at a, at a, you know, at an elephant experience? So we're sat here now at the, I'll get the name right, at the Phuket Nature Elephant, elephant Reserve. Reserve. Correct. Okay. And in, are you, is it? Where are we, Manic, Sisasong, or Bang Joe? Well, what? Swishing Tuan Road and just before Manic. Manic. It is. It's just before. Or one point three k. Okay. One point three kilometers plus. Blue I was going to say it's close. Monument. Yeah, we, you can mention Blue Street. We can mention Russell's house. Yeah. There we go. Well, for well, another five days. But he's moving out. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So maybe don't. <laughs> you came here. Did you find this land automatically? And also, I mean, how do you? I mean, I don't even know. How do you go about setting up an elephant reserve? Yeah. Because so first of all, there's a big thing that you've got to find. Yeah. And that's an elephant. So we had the uh, old cleaner at the office. So we used to have an office. Harsh, yeah. She's that big. Steady on. Crikey. used to have an office in Boat Avenue where we were doing the team building plus the sales and marketing for this other um, elephant park. And the wonderful cleaner we had at the time who lives next door here, this was her extended family's land. Okay. So I came down here one day, had a look at it, and, um, and, and thought it was perfect. So we got 33 rye here, which goes about halfway up the mountain. Mm. Um, and then set to um, clearing the land and, and the construction side of it. You've got some trails that go up around it, because I've hiked up in this mountain a mm. few times. Mm. Um, and this was oh, probably the last year, year before, just on a bit of a walk, came across this sun clear patch and thought, and there's, um, I'm guessing a stand where you can either sit and watch elephants go by or, or feed them or what have you. Just came across and I thought, that's, that's new, that's pretty cool. Right. And so, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's huge, this property, isn't it? Yeah, 33 rye, um, which is what we've got here. And, uh, and then basically just got this on a um, long-term lease. Mm -hmm. And then we started... Um, uh, but where did you get an elephant from? Uh, that was my next question. The and, elephants, and how many have you got? We have two at the moment. So pre-COVID, we finished the construction and we opened up. And we were open for about six weeks before before COVID rocked up. So I think we had about 20, 22 staff at the time. Wow. Three elephants, about to get a fourth. 
um, and we were renting the elephants at the time. So in Thailand, there's, there's a couple of ways of getting elephants. One's to rent them, one's to buy them. So at that time, I didn't have the money because we'd just done all the construction. Sure. So I was renting these elephants um, to, get, it, to get the business going. Go. go. <laughs> I want to rent an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> on an how hourly basis? Yeah, or? <laughs> how long can you rent it for? Well, if you've got money, you can rent it forever, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Do you rent it for an hour? <laughs> but who are you <laughs> renting it from? The owner. Sorry, I've just got your <laughs> terrible joke. But, you know, needs yeah, well, must. Yeah, needs must. From the owner, but... So someone owns an elephant, Correct. and they can just rent you the, and then you, but but you're renting it, and then you're looking after it, and yeah. So you rent the elephant, and if you're renting, usually you get the mahout from the owner. The mahout's the the boy that looks the the elephant keeper caretaker, um, and then it's up to you to feed them. And there's different models on how that may may work, okay. depending on the setup. Uh, okay, I've got a, a quirky question. So you've got a, an elephant, res- a nature elephant reserve, but the elephants aren't necessarily based this was here. pre-covid yeah and then covid came in and had to um you know all the staff were under three months still on probation so yeah. unfortunately had to Thumpf. make the difficult choice and, and let them go um and stop renting the elephants and, and send them back to where, where, where they, they came from where they came from and um you know go to the landlord bag of fruit about three times and get on your knees and beg him to to try and um get the rent down and yeah. then just hold on <laughs> So did that for 15 months, and um, somehow I'm not sh- still not sure how I'm still here, but we are here. Yeah. Um, and then when they announced the sandbox thing back in April, June, or, June or whatever yeah. it was, we thought, well, let's. This was the old where we're sitting now was the uh, the briefing area when you'd come in and do a half day program and enjoy your lunch. And I was like, well, let's just open it up as a observation deck restaurant and try yeah. and get some try and get some get the expat crowd in. Um, or anybody, and, and try and just get some traction and, and build, build up the men- momentum from there. So that's what we're still doing now. So this is all um, the observation deck restaurant, the elephants around, and we keep the we have short and half day programs, which we just started a couple of weeks ago, further up up the land. Okay, and you've got two elephants that are here. Yeah, so we've got two elephants. And they're um, yours. And we bought them. Okay. Yeah. How do you keep them here? Because the the. the uh, they're not chained, right? They're not. They're not locked up. They're they're free they're roaming. You've so, got a massive. Um, but how do you stop them sort of wandering down the road and basically coming to my house? <laughs> uh, an elephant, you either fence it in or control it by food. Okay. And elephants love to eat. Yep. So if they've got food, they're they're quite happy, just like a dog or a, or a cat. But do they not have to, a to hang out? Do they not have like a roaming? Yeah. Uh, so all this land radius. you can see around us is where they hang out. And then at night time, we have these big oversized shelters. Yep. So we get audited as well. So uh, according to these audits, particularly from the big travel agents, remember Thomas Cook when they're yeah. around or whoever, they'd send an auditors to make sure you're doing what you meant, what you're saying yeah. you're doing before they'd send any people. So they'd come in, according to them, you know, an elephant shelter should be at least seven by seven meters, which is quite ridiculous when the elephant's, you know, two, yeah. meter, two, two three meters long to start with, right? So we did these massive 20 by 10 meter shelters. So right. at nighttime, when the mahout's got to sleep, they can hang out in there without the you know without being chained up or any any of this. So, um, cool. Yeah, but, oh, there's one up there. But in terms of just if Mr. Heffalump that we're now looking at decides, as well, there's an elephant it. here. I'm That's the first time on a podcast. I know you just said it, but I just really there's an elephant up there. Look, well, it's lovely, isn't it? It's a nature elephant reserve, mate. I'm not being funny. No, but it's nice to podcast. You kind of expect I'd be quite disappointed if I didn't see Russell, one. Russell, I'm painting a picture for the listener. It's nice to sit here in a beautiful restaurant with very heavy wood that Russell kicked earlier <laughs> and hurt his <laughs> leg. Bang with my knee. 
But seeing the little elephant up there, he's not little actually. Or she, he, what, which, what? Wait, have you got a he and a she or what have you got? Ooh. No, two females. So okay. to answer your question, you know, the, the older females for this type of setup um, are predominantly what these parks in Phuket will have because yeah. the females uh, come as opposed to say the male when yeah. they're on the heat and they get the musk. Um, you know, become really dangerous and, and safety is of the utmost importance here. So you'll find around, around Thailand, a lot of these um, sand trees or parks will use, you know, females. Yeah. Um, because they're a, lot, they're a lot calmer and a lot more predictable. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Oh, there's another one. Yeah, it comes the second one. Hello. What, do they have names or? Yeah, so this is Bo, the one that's just uh, closest to us. Right. Um, we rescued her about two months ago, and Lotus is up the, the one up the top getting the shower, and we rescued her about three and a half, four months ago. Do you know what? It's incredible because I'm, we're sat here talking to a lovely Cam, and there is an elephant being fed by a small five, six-year-old kid. Oh, I thought she was feeding the kid to the elephant. <laughs> There's a couple of jokes I want to say, but I'm going to hold on. <laughs> but no, it's really cool. So you can sit here in your restaurant or stand against it. And you're right, observation deck, but also you can just, they're right there. You can touch Correct. them. And Now, I've been here. Have you been here before, Russell? No. You should do, because you only live down the road. I've yeah. been here with the kids. And it is, uh, and Ashton was just walking around. I think it, the nice thing is, is Ashton, my boy, who's only, he was six at the time when we were here. He was just walking out here, and the elephant was just quite happily walking very close to him. Mm. And the mahout was obviously close. Mm. But it's just incredible that he could have that experience having an elephant walk past him at you know that distance away. Do you have a a capacity? I mean, where you for elephants on this yeah, land? Yeah, yeah. We've What's got six elephant shelters up there, okay. um, but we would probably get um, four or five maxed out. I think maxed out for okay. this for the size of this land. Okay, dogs. yeah. And in terms of what's the, I don't know how to phrase this this question. In terms of what's your goal? I mean, what's the, what, what's the purpose? Is it to specifically to rescue them from whatever sort of... The, 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 there's plenty of stories in Phuket of elephants that are chained up on a two-meter chain. Yeah, just rocking that's where from they side, came from. Yeah, right, rocking from yeah, side exactly. to side and people taking photos and all of that. Yeah. So you've got them here. They've now got the space, and all, which is great. But I saw it as once a you hit five, if that's your... I mean, elephants live a long time. Yeah, So. Sure. About the same as a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of, you know, you can only help five within a given lifetime, within a given generation. Which it's, it's, um, it's an expensive um, yeah. hobby. Yeah. It's not even a hobby. It's an expensive <laughs> business, um, rescuing elephants. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to buy an elephant, you're looking at one to three million baht, and then they'll eat uh, up to 10% of their body weight. So those two, Lotus and Bo out there, they're eating like half a ton of food a day. So when you Holy say you bought moly. them, yeah. sorry, did you buy them? I bought them, correct. Because you, you said earlier you, you rescued them. Yeah. So I'm, you bought them from someone that was mistreating them. Would be the yeah, these ones came from Kalim as you drive to Patong there. You know, yeah, I know okay. exactly right. where you mean. Yeah. So, so there was 12 up there and I was and lucky enough is, to get to them. Right, and so, and them. this is the issue I have. And I completely understand where you're at. And I agree with your principle and I agree with what you have here. Um, there's a butt coming up. There is, there and is it's, a it's yeah. well, of course, there is, and it's a, it's a similar one with the, the dog issue. You've now given that bloke X million baht yeah. to take that elephant away. Yeah, he's not going to say, "Well, great, I've got a shitload of money. I'll go buy my house, my, build myself a house, and retire." Yeah, I'll just keep flooding the market 
with more elephants that have been being mistreated. So how do we square that circle? It's, it's uh, you know, you're talking about an issue that's nationwide. Oh, and, and yeah. And thousands and thousands of elephants. Yeah. So and big money. I'm just, yeah, and big, big yeah. money. It's, it, tourism is big, big business in, in Thailand, as you guys know. Um, but for me, it was, you know, having worked in the tourism industry with, with the team building and the customized adventure, mm. um, you know, enjoy meeting people. Um, and this was a way of continuing that, but also my little bit of doing, doing them out. trying, to, trying cool. to do something better. So do you have this as your operations that are here with the elephants as part of it, or are the elephants the primary focus of your operations? The elephants Does that make are sense? the primary focus. Yeah, okay, cool. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Super. Um, the elephant trade industry mm. is... Um, Truncated? <laughs> oh, Russell! <laughs> there we go. Russell. I'm just going to drop the mic out. and walk out. Oh, just leave. <laughs> Let's just end. Let's all just go. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's a... I'm trying to think of the right word now. I'm just <laughs> laughing at your trunk joke. Um, it can be quite a cutthroat, nasty sure. industry. Sure. So being a... And, and don't take this in the wrong way, but being a, a, a white face mm. in an industry that is very... Um, Thai. Thai. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can be very dangerous... Have you had any experiences or is it, you know, and what's your feelings about that? Um, no, I mean, you just, like any business, you surround yourself with good people. Um, hope for the best. <laughs> and, and basically yeah. do the best you can. And that pretty much gets you through 90% uh, of w w what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other 10%, you just... Um, figure it out as you go i guess so let, mm. let's let's take a positive spin as right there look hello darling hello love so she's that's Bo, 3.3 ton and she's a 40 year old uh, female i wouldn't say that to her face <laughs> to be fair you're lovely Bo. Yeah, don't listen lovely to him Bo. yeah especially from this angle so <laughs> let's just try to paint a picture now you've got a load of kids that are playing there from a school that you've Correct. So that's you've, you've got other land that you rent out to do things so people can come here and have uh, you said about daily experiences and and half day experiences. Yeah, so we have in the mornings, we have uh, yoga. Um, elephant yoga? No, well. <laughs> I've seen goat yoga, but that's going <laughs> to hurt if an elephant's on your back doing a downward dog. Jeez. No, what is it? What do they call it? The baby wearing yoga for ladies, mums that yeah, have I've just given that. birth yeah. with young, young babies. Yeah, so they I can saw, come and uh, get back into the yoga. Um, and then there's, there's normal yoga. So we've got that going in the morning on the Shaking Saturdays. We do some hikes up in the hills. You're yeah, just saying yeah. there's a bunch of trails up there. Um, and then we also do some short programs. You can do some, um, make some herbal balls with some pumpkin and rice and banana and some, um, uh, make these healthy balls to feed the elephant. And we've got an elephant dung recycling center up there where people can learn how to um, make recycled paper and also biogas from the dung from an elephant. I really wish dog shit you could do the same with that. <laughs> I really, mate. Start feeding them grass and then you'll be all right. I, mean, I know you've only got two elephants, but I'm, I'm sure that's a lot. That's a hell of a lot. That's a lot that's of, that's a lot of you, shit. Sure <laughs> do you sell your elephant dung if people wanted to come? Because it's, it's really good. It's great it's for the garden. Yeah, yeah, if people yeah. want to bring their sack, they can, um, they can certainly fill it up. We've got more than yeah. enough dung. I think you should charge them, though. We do. I think we've got a token 50 baht. Yeah, per no, sack. because I get mine. Oh, I don't get my, I don't get my elephant dung. I get the horse dung from the right. the. Red bamboo place and they charge i think it's i know 80 baht for a bag or whatever right. and i throw 100 baht i mean you know yeah. that's yeah. me 20 yeah. baht yeah, well done yeah. <laughs> <know I take. laughs> hey. um, but it's something i would come and get as well because well, it's sure. my garden would love 
elephant dung. Yeah, and someone who knew all about the uh, the dung gardening thing told me elephant dung's it's um, brilliant. even better than No, than it really is. Yeah. It yeah. really is. And have you ever fed them coffee beans? Because I've had elephant coffee. <laughs> where they feed elephants coffee beans. Mate. The same as they did with the... Um, the civic cats. Yes. Cervix. And they yeah. did it with elephants. And I tried it once. It was crap coffee. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Literally. I haven't tried yeah. it. Not a big thing. <laughs> no. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> no. It was crap. No. Probably I think that's that kind of like overrated. Mm. Yeah. Um, where do you get the food from? And you say it's like a, a ton of food. Yeah. So we... Um, there's about 100 rye of pineapple next to us. So we just fly... In there, sneak we, in. we just sneak them in in the middle of the night <laughs> to go run amok. No, they, they love the tops of the pineapples, the pineapple leaves. So yeah. um, we, we buy a few rows yeah. of pineapple every, whenever that we need it. And uh, so they'll eat that typically in the mornings and evenings. Because that's really it, sharp stuff though, isn't it? The pineapple. It's them, sharp, it's but they love it. Yeah. But also, sorry, Russ, pineapples take a year to grow. So it's not the easiest of products for them to eat. It's massive over there, 100 plus right. Yeah. So it's just rammed with and that, um, okay. good, think, yeah. good pineapple. And they cleared that only a couple of years ago, mm. all, all of that land. Because again, that's just up by the reservoir, right? Yeah, great. Oh, so it runs through there. the reservoir. We, and we walked there a couple of times. When they were clearing it, well, yeah. it was, for me, I had the, all the dogs at home, and it was just 100 right of land just to let them loose and go yeah. bananas. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, just You're on. You're full of puns today, I, I'm, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on form You're today. You're full of it. Yeah. So it's that, and then the uh, coffee and sugarcane. When visitors come to the restaurant, they can um, purchase a basket of, of bananas and sugarcane to, to okay. feed the elephants. Um, and then it's just the natural vegetation that's that's on the land. Mm -hmm. um, and occasionally people will bring some watermelons or cucumbers or more bananas and to help feed them. I mean, I just came here with the kids a couple of months or so ago, I think. Mm. But you can just rock up. You don't have to be, you can just come and have lunch and dinner. It's, or it's free entry. So that was one of the things because um, that I was really keen to make, you know, elephants have always been, um, you know, charging a lot of money to go yeah, and yeah. see an elephant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was really keen to make it accessible and particularly from the business side in terms of trying to make enough money to feed the things and keep the business going to reach out to the local expat community in, in, in our Chantelay area um, and, and get them coming in. So but you're very active on Facebook and you're always sharing it because you shared my post sure. without paying me extra money. <laughs> the I didn't that's get the free coffee there. Oh, I got oh. free coffee. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's can I just say, although I hate glass um, mugs, cups, the coffee's lovely here. Not bad. Yeah. You. No, I like Thank it. Oh, cool. I like it. Where's the coffee from? Chiang Mai. That one or that one? Chiang Mai. <laughs> yeah, which elephant did we just drink? But no, going, uh, this kind of goes back to my earlier point about are, are the elephants the primary focus or is the business elements more of the focus? But this is like where we are now. With, like yeah. for me, if I wanted to just, I've, I've got the shit that the admin work I need to do. All right? And a lot of the time I'll just go home because it just gets, gets me out of the office. Mm. But this would be a lovely place just to come and sit and do some work for a couple of hours. Sure, you can do. We've set up some workstations around it. Yeah, so you um, USB people ports can come and sit up brilliant. their laptops and charge the phones and um, jump on the internet. And nice little work. breeze, mm. watch the elephants. It's a, it's a really lovely spot just to do that. For sure. But um, yeah, without the elephants, there is, um, there is no business here. So for sure, the elephants are, are you know, front and well, center. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. You've got the little school that of just now the parents kind of pick their kids up and there's some nice cars rocking up yeah some of these parents have got too much money but you know you're leaving school and you're saying hello to an elephant as you're walking out of school that yeah. never happened to me growing yeah. up in south end that's happened for sure to, no, it happened to me a few times well yeah there's different types I've of elephants a couple, so. but that's another story entirely <laughs> i love this place <laughs>
<laughs> it, do you know what? It's it's relaxing here. I'm kind of yeah, it no, just feels nice, doesn't that's it? It's very chill. It's, there's a really nice atmosphere here. Yeah, no, so I really like it. Thinking positive, pushing mm. ahead. COVID aside, that's mm. all done and dusted. What's the what's the next sort of step? What's your push into next year? Well, a business like this and um, elephants is is traditionally been a tourist market, heavy, heavy tourist market, mm -hmm. you know, 95%. I mean, your expats aren't typically going to pay big money to come and no. see an elephant who live here. Next, I've got some friends visiting from overseas. Sure. Let's go and see the elephants or something like this, right? So um, one thing we've really noticed since reopening a few months ago is the whole community things. Like you said, we've got the, the kids down the front enjoying, enjoying their space with mm -hmm. the elephants around them. We've got the yoga going on. We've got the hikes going on. Yeah got the observation deck restaurant so trying to encompass that whole um, community feel with a bunch of different av diff different activities for people to come and enjoy depending what they're into and we do a cooking class as well cool and got the half day program um, I would say that's that's the way forward cool um, rather than just being one of these tourist places that don't let in the front yeah. gate I love the hiking so. the, the hiking yeah. idea because great. And yeah, some lovely I mean, trails right. there, yeah. I see yeah. a lot of the, the, the mums who don't work <laughs> anyway, huh. they all go hiking and stuff. But, you know, for me, I'd love to bring the kids. Yeah. You come start from here. Leave you go for a little... <laughs> you go hiking. Well, no, I'd, take, <laughs> I'd like to take them with me. And then we'd come back here and have some lunch. And that would be a lovely morning, yeah, you correct. know, with the kids on the weekend. Yeah. That would be lovely. Because mm. I know that there's a lot of snake shows going on at the moment that my kids are interested in going to, which is totally away from hiking. But there's a lot of these community things that are happening now. Right. And it's something that we could come and do here. Yeah, sure, I'll jump absolutely. on a hike. I'll go for a hike. Mm. I'm up for that. Tomorrow at 8.45. Ah, uh, yeah, just so about happens. that. <laughs> oh, my knee's just gone all of a sudden. I don't I don't know. Start, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that beautiful little elephant. She's lovely. When you say little, so, yeah, I'm just going back to what you said. You know, it's amazing to see kids, you know, like standing five meters from an elephant. But, yeah. you know, if you take an elephant off the chain and stop hitting it and stop abusing it, you, they really are the most wonderful, gentle creatures mm. that you can imagine. Oh, they're, they're um, beautiful. And they just love hanging out. I would rather have that huge elephant after. in my house than the stupid snake that I've got in my house at the moment. Yeah. That's for sure. And on that note, yeah. <laughs> um, Cam, what sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Bucket list? Um, trying to survive, yeah. be number one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just really keen to try and get this business up and um, getting people in and join um, the dream that I started yeah. off building it for. Um, and getting that to a point where it's kind of, um, you know, cash flow positive yeah, for a change, which would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm also, yeah, going to set up the team building business again over here, base okay. it out of here. So COVID um, killed, killed my Taiwan office over there. Um, so yeah, I'll relocate that over here. Gotcha. Get well, that going. If you need some freelance instructions, Russ and yeah. I are yeah, kicking we're, we're around. Available, yeah. <laughs> First test is on the hike tomorrow morning. There we go. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, what happened there? Yeah, <laughs> did we cut out? Um, Cam, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, right? Likewise. Yeah, nice it's um, honestly, mate, I I love this spot. This is oh, I, I just you. I'm so relaxed. Mm -hmm. This is the most relaxed. I've had three weeks of hell going through online. So two kids, online schooling, trying to work, trying to get everything done, and then all of a sudden this. 40 odd minutes has just totally chilled me out. Yeah, brilliant. Nice. It's just nice that's to see the whole it. idea. It's yeah. lovely. That's yeah, cool. I uh, recommend people come up here. Cam, thank you very much for being thank our little podcast. Thank you very podcast. much for having me. Put all the details in the links and all of that. I was about to say. I know you won't just sort of cut you off. We'll put all the details in the description below. Thank you, Cam. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Russell. Thank Thanks, you, mate. guys. Cheers. Bye.
Welcome to the outro. That was fun. I like ham. I like ham a lot. You know what? Just, it's just struck me what's really bugging me. What's that? We only made the one reference to John McClane. Throughout the whole time, that's the only thing that bugged you, that you only made one reference to John McClane. Not through the podcast. I was really enjoying the podcast. I was really enjoying the chat, the ambience where we were. The whole thing was brilliant. Did you say the amateur way we were? I said the ambience of where we were. But the amateur, both of those would work, (laughs) (laughs) to be fair. Uh, No, it was just whilst I was here waiting for you to get ready. And I thought, oh, damn it. We didn't make any. The listener doesn't know where we are. The listener still thinks we're at the nature reserve, relaxing. Because we sound elephants. very chilled and relaxed. I know. I honestly, as I said in the podcast, for three weeks it's been really stressful. I've hit my zone of stressness. It's in the red. I Pushing onto the th- purple. No, I think you've probably done a huge gone round. <laughs> Unbelievable. But anyway, it was it was lovely. I that was the most relaxed I've been for a long time. It is a beautiful place. I've eaten up there before. The food's lovely, and just go out and have some Thai food and just chill out, watch the world go by and just see some random elephants I like walk the, past. And it's cool they've got lots of different activities and things to do up there as well, which opens the, which opens it up to a, a wider market, not just for the tourists that are coming in, but also the residents that live here too. And what a nice man. And a lovely guy, lovely guy. Really cool story. Great story. Yeah. Really interesting. And so why did you stay in Japan? Well, I crashed a car in a rice paddy field. I mean, who hasn't done that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Cam. He's a lovely man, and I like that place. Um, we're definitely going to head back there. The Phuket Nature Elephant Reserve. See, I told you, it's not the Phuket Elephant Nature Reserve, but the Phuket Nature Elephant Reserve. It's the Phuket Nature Elephant Reserve. P-N-E-R. There you go. There's a vicious animal sniffing my foot. <laughs> what is that? What type of dog is that, Russell? He's a Dachshund. And he's a weird thing a um, lovely little Gary please go and support them because it is very difficult in these times to feed a ton of food to one elephant and they got uh, two elephants so two if, you've got a, lumps. if you've got a couple of bananas kicking around and I, look before anyone gets on the bandwagon I know there's people starving and I know that people like Sean from Five Star Marine are, are feeding the people but elephants need to eat too as well they do indeed so um, if you can support them and it's your nature or is it if it's in your nature see what I did there nature yep to go and support elephants please do absolutely um, like us on Facebook Jailer Shark and Friends like us on the Twitter and on Instagram that's just Phuket Podcast but the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com and there you'll find a plethora of information including some amazing podcasts like the one we're about to record hey. called Bartcast Arr. thanks Russ cheers buddy cheers bye bye